If you're looking for a podcast that talks about games, gaming issues, games in the media, anime, or anything like that, you've come to the right podcast. Welcome to 100% Real with Small Time Gamers. Here are your hosts. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Drake, and my co-hosts today are Commander Taco and Incognito3223 from Twitch TV. Guys, say go ahead and say hello. As always, I am Incognito. Commander Taco, at your service. Alright, and uh, guys, we'll, uh, we're, last week we left off with a little teaser for the... Uh, this week's episode and it was talking about uh the parliament when they called uh epic games and uh ea sports uh specifically uh fifa into uh testify about their uh platforms and their games and uh things of uh that kind of uh concerned uh parents and uh it caught the eye of the, the government and uh, that is pretty much uh, the gaming disorders and the uh, what what we know as uh, loot, loot boxes or how they call it surprise mechanics. Um, uh, EA called it that, and uh, pretty much the, uh, the them questioning them about their about their about their uh, development of their games. What do you guys think about? Parliament calling in uh, Epic and EA Sports. I mean, I can understand where they're coming from. The whole objective was ethics, and uh, EA's known for dealing heavy in microtransactions, especially with all their sports games. And then with uh, Fortnite being the Epic uh, giant that it is right now, you're going to have a ton of kids addicted to the game. Okay. So um, they're, they're just the two biggest targets at, at this moment. Which is understandable because Fortnite did explode pretty much uh, within the, this last year. And, some, and it is pretty addictive, I, I, I guess you can say. Um, what do you think, Incognito? Well... Do, do you kind of agree to that Parliament should have called at least these two big uh, companies in at, at this point? Um, well, I, I'm on the fence on a lot of, a lot of this. Like, I, I went through and I read a lot of it. I went through and I read uh, or looked into a lot of what they're talking about. And it's just, I feel like a lot of it can be, I feel like it might be misdirected. I understand concern for a lot of it i understand the reasoning behind why they would bring you know like taco said the two biggest names in microtransactions and that's what this is micro microtransactions but at the same time you know we need to start teaching people whether it be children or adults because adults suffer it as well that these digital things are not something you absolutely need it's not like the big thing with Fortnite is the skins. Um, they get fancy skins. There's no, um, it's not pay to win, which is another topic I would like to talk about another time. 
it's not pay to win, so it's, there's really no advantage in having special skins. I play Fortnite myself. I have special skins. Most of my um, currency, game currency, comes from playing the actual paid version of the game, which is Save the World. You can collect, you know, the currency that way. But you know, a lot of people they just want to play the multiplayer because that's how that's what made the game itself big. And they, they want to play that. That's all they want to play. And therefore, the only other way to get the V-Coins are, or V-Bucks, I'm sorry, is through the Battle Pass. So then they spend hours and hours and hours playing the game to obtain those through the Battle Pass. Okay. Uh, so we're, we're going to go ahead and jump right into pretty much the, the, the spending part, the microtransactions that was a concern of uh, Parliament. Uh, I believe Commander Taco has an, uh, I believe, what was it, uh, something that was brought up during par- uh, the discussion of Parliament where I believe a, uh, was it, a nephew ended up spending so much money on, what was it, uh, the, the system for, I believe, uh, Fortnite or something like that? Allegedly, yeah, they they bring up a case where they state that um, a nephew was playing on his uncle's account and his uncle had his credit card saved to the the system as, I guess, you know, he doesn't expect anyone else to use it. And the kid somehow apparently purchased like over a thousand or a couple hundred thousand dollars worth of V-Bucks. And then uh, Epic's response was, you can only be limited to at least two hundred dollars a day with the shop. And I believe that's that is correct. That from what they said, it was only I believe two hundred dollars that they're allowed to spend within the shop, but they only have ten items a day that you can actually buy on their their actual on, uh, at the store that they have uh, within the game. Um. And as uh, Incognito said, uh, it's mainly skins and st- stuff like that for the for the weapons. A- am I correct? Yeah, that's pretty much all it is. It's you're buying you're buying skins as far as you know your character skin. You're buying skins for your weapons, the weapon wraps. You buy skins for uh, what they call the back bling, which is the little backpacks you can wear. Goes from it goes from silly things like pets to wings to backpacks to all kinds of weird things, and then you've got the trails. I don't think they do trails anymore, but I know that they do gliders and also the pickaxe. You can design, you know, personalize your pickaxe, and of course, also there's some emotes that you have to purchase as well. And then going back to what you said about the the pricing, I mean, there is a daily limit. And like you said, yes, there are 10 items per day or I think it's 10 hours, uh, 12 hours a day or something like that. I know those shop changes every so often, and but it's not so constant that there's like a numerous amount of items in the shop at a time. But at the same time, I want to go even a little further back and say, as a gamer myself, I don't keep my billing information on my computer at all because I do have a kid and he does like to play on my things and all it takes is a couple of misclicks 
And if you have everything already confirmed, already saved, already ready to go, then, I mean, you can expect stuff like that to happen if you have, you know, younger younger people around. Especially in this day and age, kids that are huge fans of Fortnite. And you are correct with with kids. You you do have to have uh, 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 safeguards because they can do that. And I've had that experience where my my daughters got onto my PlayStation and were playing a game, and I had my credit card saved on there. I thought I had the safeguards on, but apparently I didn't, and they spent sixty dollars U.S. dollars on on the on the system buying stuff that they didn't even need. So, speaking from that aspect, yes, I can. I was upset with them, but at the same time, I could not be upset because I was the one who didn't put in those safeguards uh, to require a password in order to purchase and uh, I had stored my credit card information on there so at that point can you really blame the the the, the system or the the, uh, the developers you know for, for for that for that issue and have them be responsible when technically it's not even on them it's on the parent well what are your thoughts on that that was uh, one thing that Parliament kept hounding them on was, it when does where does the uh, company's uh, responsibility lie in safeguarding? As Epic, they kept mainly hounding Epic on this, and Epic response was, "We give the tools to safeguard; it's up to the consumer." But Parliament just could not understand consumer side. Yes, uh, I've as 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 well as watching the video. They, they did keep hounding Epic about that, and Epic kept on telling them that they what they had in place was parental settings, and it was up to the parents to go in and put those in. And they for some reason, they just did not understand the concept of the parents have to go in and physically do it, because if not, there is no safeguard against it. And they just kept on hounding them, saying, well... What else have you? What else have you done? And that technically, that is the biggest thing. A child should have a parent's permission before they start playing a video game, and an account should be set up by the parent. Uh, am I correct, Incognito? You are correct, but let me play devil's advocate for something real quick. And I understand. I understand the reasoning behind it, and I agree with it. But I, I want to play. A, a little wrong. I want to play devil's advocate just a little bit. That's perfect. And I'm, I'm not going to sit here. And I'm not going to sit here and say that. Oh yeah, Parliament's right or the parents are correct. In my personal opinion, yes, I believe that if there are guidelines, if there are tools to, at your disposal to use to ensure stuff like this doesn't happen, and you do not use them, then yes, it does. It falls back on you as you as a person, not the company as a provider. However, I also don't. I also see where Parliament could possibly say, well, if this account is not making those kinds of purchases daily, then why not question a $200 purchase all of a sudden? Now, I'm going to go ahead and argue myself on this one. I know this is going to be weird. Oh, I, I got you on this one. I, I got you on this side because this was actually something that 
was actually brought up during the parliament uh video uh they actually epic actually i, I believe also ea also uh mentioned this that if it's something that isn't a normal like purchase like let's say you know it's out of the uh, out of the ordinary and it's $200 spent that if it's challenged by the user they can always go back and look at it and see yes this is not normal and they can refund the money back to the person so there there is some type of system at least with EA I think if I remember correctly that they can actually refund the money back once they look at the transaction of course it's going to take you know five to seven business days but they they can still refund the money so at least ea has that i'm not sure if fortnite has it i can't remember okay so then like i said against my own argument is i have a brother who has his sons and his sons of course being young kids are into fortnite for the crisp for christmas my brother actually went and bought my my nephews like I'm not even sure what the amount was, but an absurd amount, of, in my opinion, of course, an absurd amount of V bucks as a gift. So then you got to take that into account. You know, how do they know that this? I'm not saying that this is what happened, of course, but I'm saying how do they, how would how would Epic be able to determine whether or not this was a gift given to somebody? So. Again, this all goes back to this. It really needs to be on the user's responsibility to ensure that your account is safe, blocked, and guarded against events like this. And you are correct. It, it, it does fall on the user to make sure that there are safeguards to protect the, the account, to make sure that a child doesn't get on and make uh, an, enormous per, an enormous purchase without consent and i i think that's where ea has come in and done their i guess their their homework and their due diligence to actually have somebody take those complaints when they when a child does that and they said that they've had i think uh several hundreds uh complaints like that and they've handled them you know with timely manner and stuff like that but I don't think Epic has anything that could take care of that or anybody who actually monitors that so I I think Epic still has a way to has a ways to go before they're officially more customer friendly I'll put it that way in that aspect in customer support uh, uh, but correct me if I'm wrong, if, if, if any of y'all. Commander Taku, uh, what's your opinion on that? I do agree they can, uh, they, they do have room to grow for uh, customer service. I've never played Fortnite much. I... So I don't really have too much uh, familiarity with uh, dealing with Epic and customers. Or... All right. Uh, what about you, uh, Incognito? Um, honestly, I feel like 
Epic Games, you're right. No, it does have room. You know, have a lot to go as far as growing as being custom service friendly, user friendly. But I also feel like they're not. I'm look. I was looking at, and it was founded in 1991. And that may seem like a long time for a lot of people. However, in the gaming industry, that is not very long at all, especially when you compare them to people like EA Sports, Capcom, Ubisoft. You know, Epic Games is still kind of in its infancy, and it just recently really started to blow up, in my opinion. Um, they do have a, some pretty good titles, but I feel like since Fortnite, this is when they've started hitting the mainstream. And therefore, they're still... You know, they're still growing through their infancy. They're still growing through adapting and, you know, changing to their new environment as far as being a big name. So, you know, they're going to make mistakes. They're going to have, you know, they're going to have things that they need to grow into as far as, you know, as the topic says, uh, being user-friendly, being more responsive to the customers. But I feel like as of right now, they have their... They have their um, preemptive strike, basically their their preventative measures, pretty in hand. I think now they just need to work on the responsive measures as far as issues like this. Okay, that that's fair enough. Uh, I, I do agree with that. Um, and then, uh, but Parliament kept uh, kept on uh, questioning him about other things. Um, that that was just one of uh. The issues that they had with them was uh, pretty much the microtransactions. Uh, the next, uh, the next thing they they kept on, uh, if I remember correctly, if if you remember, uh, Commander Taco was the age verification. They kept on hounding Epic mainly on this one about what is their process for uh, the age verification for their their platform basically, and do they require it? And from what what I saw, they Epic had said that if you play on a console, they don't require you to enter your age because you're on a console and the console is supposed to collect that information and it's supposed to basically transfer it over to their system, basically just telling them this is the ID for the system and basically just create an account for them. And so they don't collect any ad other additional information other than what's that's that. But as we know, they do have a to where you have to create an account basically with Epic. So I don't think they fully the at least the representatives didn't fully understand what was going on. I guess with their their system. But I mean that, that that's just me from you know my opinion. Um, like I said, because I I created an account, you know, for my daughters to be able to play, and it asked for age verification, even though they were playing on the Switch, and so I had to create a whole Epic account for them. So, uh, like I said, I don't think they understand what they're their system actually does that they do collect age information and they just don't just don't know it i mean it is a, it is a big company they they do other stuff i mean they have other games that had to, that take care of but at the same time i mean you would think that that would be something they would know 
but that that's just how I feel. I mean, that's just my opinion. Um, what, what do y'all think? I kind of agree. I can see the, uh, I can see Parliament side, but in today's day and age with online, social, even just gaming in general, it's hard to verify an age when all the all the safeguard is for age verification for most places is just click this checkbox that you are of age to view material or play this game. Okay. I mean, that, that is a fair uh, assessment. That That is what a lot of uh, systems do is basically put in your date of birth, click that you are of a certain age and basically just agree to the the, the terms and you uh to the terms and, and use of, of the system pretty much and i mean that that is a fair assessment because i mean they, they should i mean like let's that. yeah let, let's face it um it it's not it's not foolproof by any means. Um, and it's not just Epic and it's not just EA or FIFA or whatever, any other, any other company. It's all of them. Um, for instance, Steam, the Steam engine, the biggest engine for downloading video games, whenever you want to look at a game that's considered mature, all it says is insert your birthday and your birth year. Well, I'm sorry, but any kid that knows how to do math and has a calculator can easily... You know, calculate the age, the number, the year that he needs to input in order to be considered eighteen. So, and I mean, it's not, and it's not just video games either. There's, uh, I personally, I vape. So, when I went to go order my vape mod and everything online, it asked me, "Hey, are you eighteen? I clicked yes, and that was it. So, all in all, to try to single out one or two or three companies for this matter is kind of unfair for lack of a better word no you are correct and uh that that was going to be the argument against it is basically people can lie about their age and there's no full proof and the, the only other thing you could literally do would be to request a form of identification verifying their date of birth But I, yeah, that's true. I don't see that, ha- I don't, and I don't see that happening only because that's going to take away time and money from the companies. Having to wait for someone to submit an ID or some sort of ID, or even then, it could still be forged. Who's to say, you know, I don't go grab your ID, you know, as your son or daughter, I don't go grab your ID, put it on the internet, and now not only is your ID information out on the internet, I still got my game because I'm posing as you. Exactly. And on top of that, it's now you have sensitive information because that is technically considered a sensitive item, uh, your your identification, because that literally identifies you. So that then they would have to have a proper storage for all that information. So it becomes a little bit more tricky. So there, I mean, I can see where parliament's coming from yes there should be some type of data to record the uh, age verification but same time 
I can see it from the company's point of view where it can always be, you know, falsified or manipulated some way to where even if you collect it, it's not going to be right. It's not going to be accurate. It's never, you know, there's always ways around it. So at that point, it it becomes kind of useless. And then the example that they were given about the the uncle and his nephew having bought so many V-Bucks or whatever the case was, that wasn't even the, the kid's account. You know, that was the uncle's account. So he even he even in this instance, had he been legitimately verified, this is someone else using his account, somebody else spending his money. But how are you going to verify that when the accounts aren't been verified? Exactly, and it's it's very difficult to verify them. So at this point, it's not a good. There's no good measurement for for this because even if you were to verify him technically. It was the nephew doing it, and if they wanted to be technical, they didn't have to give the refund back. Because technically, they verified it was it was him technically on the account. So I mean, there there there's so many ways that, and like I said, it was it, it was tough hearing that one because you, there you could you could fight either side as much as you want, but it, at the end of the day. People, uh, human nature is going to win out. People, if they really want to play a game, they're going to lie about their age. They're going to create the account. They're still going to play. That's the way I see it. And then the... Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, um, I, I agree with that as far as, uh, like you said, you know, when people want something bad enough, they're going to find a way to get it. I mean, I work in a place where there are a lot of things that are not allowed to be in, you know introduced into that area or to different areas and it still happens whether it be through necessity or ingenuity things get introduced into an area that shouldn't have it introduced you know a tool goes into a certain area that it's not supposed to go to but it needs to be there in order to do its job or to get something fixed and so in this case you know if a kid or even a teen wants something bad enough, they're gonna be, you know, they're gonna be ingenuity. Eh, I'm sorry. They're gonna have enough ingenuity to figure out a way around the system. They're gonna find out a way to get to bypass the rules and regulations that are set up in order to enjoy the, the thing that they want to enjoy the most. So it's gonna it's gonna be difficult. It's a it's an uphill battle. If if it's if this is honestly something that they want to fight and pursue, it's gonna be an uphill battle all the way up. Exactly, and there's never an easy way to, to, to uh, get a small victory in those, pretty much. Um, but like I said, that the you can argue both sides, and at the end of the day, both sides are technically right. And there's, I mean, all you can do is try to improve what you do, and just move on. I mean, because human nature is it's human nature. People are gonna do what they want. And then uh, the next uh, topic that they were tackling was uh, the uh, surprise mechanics, which was, or loot boxes. Um, And this was more for EA. Pretty much asking them, do they see these loot boxes or surprise mechanics, as the EA representative called them, as gambling or, or even unethical? 
and they they started asking him how did they feel about it and if were they okay with it basically they they said that they were okay with it because it was to to them it wasn't gambling even though it's a chance like a game of chance basically because you don't know what you're getting because it's a surprise so pretty much they were kind of confused kind of scratching their head and basically it was just them going back uh, like in a circle until they finally just left the topic but what do you, what do y'all think I, w- I want your honest opinion on this do you think these loot boxes or surprise mechanics as they're called now I guess by the company by EA are is it gambling the short answer yes I can uh, see uh, for anyone who's uh, watched the video or even seen some coverage of it I can't see where the EA representative was coming with the whole uh, the what was it Wunter candy the chocolate candy or the the kinder the the kinder egg or the uh hatchimals what was hatchimals yeah she 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 had, she said she had said that the hatchimals but even then on the box of the hatchimal eggs you know what you're getting there's literally a picture of what is inside the egg that i was not aware of but the, the point i was going to go with was um I mean, as uh, with a lot of things, there are uh, there are toys out there where, you know, you buy like the little mini figures, and you don't know what figure will come in. Like uh, for collectors of you know like Star Wars figures or like little vinyls, so I can't understand where she was coming from. Where a lot of people do complain is that her example doesn't specify you paying some for uh, the base product and then having to pay microtransactions for that game of chance. And that's where a lot of people tend to blur the line of her example, which I can see is, you know, does on justify her example a bit. No, you're, you're right. It, it, it does. Cause she's basically trying to compare something that's like five bucks and you're not paying anything extra to get this surprise compared to this you're already paying $60 or even more depending on if you're getting like the you know special edition or anything like that and then you're having to buy separate microtransactions for something that might not possibly help you at all in the game so i can see that point of view from parliament at the same time i can kind of also see her point of view because it is a business but unfortunately her kind of her side is kind of outweighed by the bigger side of is it gambling still what do you think incognito um anything you do when you when you're purchasing mystery items or you know things of that nature. It's gonna, it's considered a gamble, but I wouldn't say it is gambling in the sense that a lot of games give it away. Um, I play Rocket League, I play Overwatch, I play um, 
there's a few other games that I played where you do you do get loot boxes and um, prize crates and such, and you know they're not they're not very often, but you do get them. Um, Overwatch, you get a, a new box every time you level up, or in some game modes, if you, you know if you play arcade, so if anybody knows what Overwatch is, of course, if you play arcade, and you go and win like every three matches, you get another loot box. And as far as, you know, the randomness of it all, as far as I remember, Overwatch in particular had a system set up to where certain items of a certain rarity that if you bought enough boxes, you were almost guaranteed one of those rare, you know, extremely rare items for the fact that you purchased that many boxes. Now, again, it goes back to you don't have to buy them. Um, you don't need to buy them. They're not a necessity. They're not paid. They're not an advantage. They're not, you know, any kind of add-on in that nature where it would damper your gaming experience if you didn't have it. It's just a, like in Overwatch, it's just a skin. In Rocket League, they're just skins. Um, in Rocket League, you get crates every almost every two. I, I've gotten like three crates within a matter of an hour and a half before. Um, the only thing you actually have to purchase is the keys to open it, or you can just trade them off. And even then, it, they're not crazy expensive. And then, as far as the whole you don't know what you're getting scenario that they're arguing about, in the case of Rocket League, you do know what you're getting. There is an image that shows you, uh, I would think it's up to 12 items that you could possibly get from this crate, ranging from you know, common to extremely rare. You've got, and to touch on what Commander Taco was talking about, there are toys out there where you can go and buy little baggies or whatever of, you know, little mystery items. Hot Wheels does it. For the same amount you can buy one of the regular toys, you buy this little bag and it comes with a car that you don't even know what it looks like. So in a sense, could you call that gambling? I mean, you don't have to buy the item. You know, it's, I mean, a, it's a toy. Technically, it, it would be, uh, I guess, a form of gambling if you wanted to get technical because you don't know what you're getting because it is a random chance. Yeah, it, like you said, it's a, it's a game of chance. And truth of the matter is, like I said, you don't have to buy these items. They're given to you. They are, you know, they're, you, they are obtainable through other means that, other than purchasing. However, if you do not want to wait that long to earn those items to work up to those items you can purchase them where that's where the microtransaction comes in and that goes and it's not just ea sports it's not just uh epic gaming or overwatch or rocket league or any of these other games that do it look in your mobile games i've played uh clash of clans you can buy gems you buy you know you buy any mobile game is going to have some kind of microtransaction in in it that's how they earn their money so when you got games like Fortnite that are coming out for free, com- coming out and making it as big as they've made it, how else are they going to make the money other than the microtransactions? So exactly, but unfortunately, well, I'm not going to say unfortunately, uh, but I guess in what would be fortunate for Epic Games is they don't have that loot boxes, so they don't have that issue when when it comes to. When it comes to that, but 
EA unfortunately does have that issue and that that was what was brought up because apparently there are there are kids who will spend apparently this amount of money just to get loot boxes and there's no guarantee that whatever item they're getting is going to help them and they yes they, there there is a chance of getting what's supposed to be in the in the box one of those 12 items but you could kind of say the same thing when you go gambling in Vegas when you're playing blackjack you have a chance of getting a king queen jack any number of cards but it's just a game of chance so I would say technically it would be a form of gambling but it's not a required gambling and that's the thing with uh, like uh, Incognito said with a lot of mobile games you do get into gambling with the gotcha mechanics and where they say buy these uh, gems or diamonds and then you spend those to get a character now you're trading real world currency for a digital item in the game in a game of chance and then the difference I'm sorry to jump in but the difference between these mobile games and these games that we're talking about as far as you know Overwatch Epic Games so on is these these mobile games there is an advantage Clash of Clans you buy gems you can you know jump your forts up you know many levels improve your troops by many levels and there's an advantage to that you know as a level five with like level 20 obviously I'm exaggerating but like level 20 type troops anybody in my area that I decide to attack is not going to stand a chance because I have that advantage you know I've unlocked creatures that they don't they don't have the access to quite yet because they're on a normal grind versus where I just pay to win and you know there's a difference okay so the mobile games there there is an advantage so it's not really technically gambling it's just more of do you have better gyms compared to somebody else in some games i mean i like a i play a bleach uh, so what's it called again the the bleach mobile game or even the like you know any uh typical uh like kingdom hearts uh where you do get the gotcha mechanic for different characters. And I've never spent money, but the amount of money that they cost for gems are like $5 for 20 gems, and it costs about 250 to summon 10 characters. So, I mean, that, that can add up pretty quickly when when all you're doing is just clicking. Yeah. And And kids, of course... Most kids won't have any sense of they're spending this much money on on a game, which is understandable. Um, but then again, that comes back to the safeguards that uh, parents need to uh, instill on the on those games or even on the phone, especially on the the mobile ones. So, so there there is a difference between the mobile and the actual systems or even PC. When it, when it comes to the uh, microtransactions and loot boxes, technically. And that's the argument a lot of people do use, uh, go with, is you're paying $60 for a base game, and then they're trying to implement these 
free-to-play tactics to make even more money when the game should already be complete. True. It should be it should be complete when you're already paying for the game. I understand there should be, you know, they 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 want to add more content to, you know, make keep people, you know, uh coming back constantly, which is another topic that we're going about to talk about in a minute. But I understand that and that's where the DLCs and unfortunately these microtransactions to where you pay for additional content for the game. But uh, I pretty much, I, I guess we, we can pretty much say that you can argue this one until you're blue in the face. Yes, no, whether they're gambling or not. Um, it all just depends on how you're looking at it. Mobile, it, you, you do get an advantage. So it's not technically gambling because you know what you're getting out of it on some of the games of the mobile ones where the systems, uh, the system games uh, where you've already paid for the base game and then now you're having these uh, loot boxes in here as Incognito said, you don't have to buy them. You can just skip them completely because they don't really do anything for you if you if if you're high enough already at that point basically you already have all the equipment that you need am i correct i mean yeah in a way and i think that that has its it's like a double-edged sword to be honest um there's i think if you're going to be utilizing the loot box formula then you need to at least have some items that aren't obtainable by any other means but that's just from a business standpoint. From a gamer standpoint, yeah, you would like for it to be fair enough that, you know, you put in the work, you put in the time. Why shouldn't you have, you know, such and such item? You know, why does this guy get it? Because he can pay that money when he's the same level I am and I can't. But, yeah, he has it because I don't have it. Or, yeah, he has it because he can pay and I don't have it because I have to grind it out. And it, I still, probably, you know, there's a chance that you still might not get it. So, I mean... It all it all depends on. I mean, it really depends on what the company is going for. Are you gonna? Are you, do you want to be known for being you know pay to win, or do you want to be known for being fair all the way around? And it really, it's really up to the company at that point as far as how do you want to conduct your business, what kind of people do you want to bring in, and do you want this to be an enjoyable game for everybody, versus just enjoyable for the ones that can obtain the items that they're really wanting to get that are powered up and of great value. And that is a good point. And that is something that I know as a gamer, I, I like to have is being, being known, knowing that everyone is playing on an equal playing field and that no one is having these advantages or anything else like that. And I, I enjoy, I enjoy just, you know, straight out playing the game. And so, I mean, if there is a loot, uh, technically a loot box, because uh, I used to play Call, Call of Duty, I didn't mind the loot boxes. But when they got, you know, absurd stuff that they basically paid for, it was, I, I thought it was unfair. And, you know, but each, each, each to each their own. I mean, that's just my opinion. But it was still a fun game. I, I still enjoy it. 
especially uh, the zombie mode. Uh, when I used to play with Commander Taco, I love playing that. But uh, like I said, um, we can argue that until we're blue in the face, and you can argue e either side. And so uh, we'll, we'll we'll leave that one alone because, like you said, there there there's advantages to each side. The next topic that we're going to be discussing that was discussed at the parliament uh, hearing was gaming disorder and basically do the companies have a way of measuring uh, uh, like psychological like what what kind of uh, how, how do I say this uh, what the mental state of the gamers are at the when they're playing their games and pretty much uh they brought up what the world health organization uh finally was able to announce on may 25th of uh, this past of this year was uh, uh a disorder called gaming disorder have any of y'all ever heard of it um, I have not heard of this. This is actually pretty new to me. I only know about it from a few YouTube videos. It's mainly big in uh, in Asian cultures or Eastern culture. Not much here in the Western side of the world. Okay. So, so we have a mix then. Uh, pretty much haven't heard, heard a little bit about it. Um, so I want to get your your definition of what y'all think a gaming disorder is before we go into what the World Health Organization actually said and made the definition of gaming disorder. I mean, for me, it would be uh, anyone who who just puts gaming above all else. They don't uh, bother to even think about trying to exceed anything else. They just want to Stay home, play games. Whether it's going to school, they'll skip that. Going to work, they'll skip that. And you know, they'll just sit in front of a, in front of the TV, or whatever console they're playing, and just ignore all life. Okay. Well, what about you, Incognito? Um, I agree with everything he said. I believe that's exactly what gaming disorder is. Is you know, you put you're putting this game this digital device ahead of everything around you you know you're neglecting yourself you're neglecting your health you're neglecting your social obligations and things of that nature and you're putting all that behind the idea that you're sitting in front of a screen playing a game whether it be for you know just pure purely out of enjoyment of the game itself or perhaps you know they're trying to become one of these pro players which i mean let's face it no not everybody's ever going to you know, it's it's a it's a rare breed. You know, it's not gonna happen to everybody, unfortunately. But even though you got you know crazy, amazing gamers out there, it, they still might not be discovered. So, and that's what I feel like it is. It's just putting that game before anything else and everything else. You know, you're not eating, you're not sleeping, you're not showering, you're not taking care of yourself, you're not taking care of your obligations to you know your family or to your friends or you know you're not going out to get know any kind of human interaction other than what's on the on the screen and 
I would agree with both of both of yours definition of gaming disorder because I do agree that it's not about think you know you're you're putting games as a priority over everything else whether it's your family your social life or anything else that 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 would pretty much that we take as humans for granted and you push all that aside for video games um and, and, and that's how i feel and to be honest with you i feel that it should be you know that we, it, they need to be t that children need to be taught not to have this disorder like they, there needs to be a time limit on how often they can play games or you know even as us adults we need to set time limits for what we can do uh, on how much we can play but for the world world health organization or who as, a, as they're called the acronym they uh from, this is actually from their web website from gaming disorder this is their actual definition of what is gaming disorder uh, it says gaming disorder is defined in the 11th uh, revision of the international classification of disease which was back in uh september of 2018 when this revision was made but it didn't officially get diagnosed into or released technically until May 25th, and it, it keeps going. At, and it's a classification of of a disease as a pattern of gaming behavior, digital gaming or video gaming, characterized by impaired control over gaming, increasing priority given to gaming over other activities to the extent that gaming takes precedence over other interests in daily activities and continuation or escalation of gaming despite the occurrence of negative consequences. So basically that's the full definition and that was one definition that Parliament kept on giving to EA and Epic that what that that was what the World Health Organization had stated about gaming disorder and if they felt that gaming disorder was actually a thing that they they felt was a concern to their companies and uh basically they <laughs> they the companies pretty much told them they don't feel that is a correct uh diagnosis and uh, w what do you guys think it's hard to put it in words because I mean, to one extent, how much time is considered too much? I mean, once you get to the extreme cases where, yeah, someone's not eating, someone's not maybe trying not to sleep just so they can keep playing more rounds of Fortnite. Yeah, at that point, someone needs to intervene. Uh, there is uh, some disorder going on. There's, They're not in the right mental state, but when it's just a... Uh, Sad to say, I guess nowadays, I mean, I do it myself. It's pretty common just to game to game for a few hours as opposed to what Parliament thinks would probably be, you know, more akin to like a few minutes. And uh, from, I mean, the the game incentivizes you to want to keep coming back, accumulate more points. If it's a game that like Overwatch, where you can earn loot boxes, 
you know, you want to earn those loot boxes, play that game of chance. And from there, it gets, you know, into a tricky spiral of are you wanting to gamble? Are you addicted to gambling? And what parts of the game are you really just wanting to continue playing? And that's where they want to get you. But at the same time, you need a the person or parent needs to help keep self-control and monitor time. Okay. So pretty much... You, 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 like you said you, yourself, um, you you sometimes lose track lose track of time. So you, we need a time frame of what would be cons- what would be considered an appropriate uh, what would be considered a diagnosis of it. Pretty much, right? Okay. Well, what about you, uh, Incognito? Um, I don't necessarily agree completely with the statement, only because. You got to remember, um, different people have different obligations, different patterns in their day. Um, a person going to school versus someone going to work. Again, you know, those two people versus someone who is currently between jobs, or you know, maybe someone who is on a you know, short-term disability where they can't, where they physically cannot work. Um, or maybe like, for example, someone like me, for instance, I get four days off at a time. And I spend, because I do stream, I spend, I try to stream at least four or five hours a, a night on my days off. Now, would you consider me addicted? Would you consider me with a gaming disorder because I, I game that long? Because that might be normal for me because, you know, the other four days that I work, I don't touch a game at all. Or the days that I do stream in the mornings, I spend most of my day not playing games, but t- looking after my responsibilities as a father to my son. And then, I mean, if you go into any of my streams, you, you know, you'll see it to where if it's something he doesn't necessarily need, I'll tell him to wait. If I'm in, a, in the middle of a match or something, I'll tell, you know, I'll tell him, Hey, hold on. You know, daddy's playing a game right now. Or, you know, daddy's talking to chat. Or if it's something that happens, like say for instance, he has a falling accident or, you know, I hear him. If I hear him fall, I hear him start crying. You, I mean, at that point, you can obviously see that my issue is not a gaming addiction because, I mean, my stream has seen me take my headset off, throw it on the desk, you know, not care about my my kill-death ratio, not care about the game that's going on, not caring if I have to save, you know, not really caring about the game in itself at all, period, because I hear my son in distress. You know, I don't take time to, oh, you know, hold on, Chad, I'll be right. No, I just, I drop what I'm doing, I run to him because that's, that's my responsibility as his parent. I'm his provider, I'm his caregiver. And if I were to start neglecting that, then yes, I would say there was an issue. But at this moment in time where I, I am playing games for five, six, sometimes even longer hours, you know, working hours because I, you know, I do see it as a, a means of trying to become financially stable. You know, you got to treat it like a job. Unfortunately, you know, it's not just as it's not just so easy as playing games and having fun anymore. It's you know, trying to be entertaining, trying to provide content, and it gets to the point where it it is a job. I mean, if you do it for eight hours, it becomes a job, correct? You know, it, most jobs are eight hours long, if not more. No, you're, you're, so, you're correct. You're correct. So, in a sense, as far as you know, 
breaking it down into, oh, if you play so this many hours in a day, you're an addict. It, I don't think that's necessarily fair to a lot of people. And um, that's where the line becomes blurry because, I mean, in your example, yeah, you, you're doing it as a streamer. But what for the uh, non-streamer? What if, say, someone just continues playing World of Warcraft and, you know, that's what they do a lot. You know, they're still communicating. They're getting that social, but they're not doing, like, I don't want to say actual socializing because they are socializing, but not physical socializing, if that makes sense. Well, that goes back to a different thing, too. You know, that that actually, that kind of depends on your personality. You know, me personally, I'm kind of introverted myself, as oddly, as odd as that is. You know, me going outside or meeting people and, you know, getting in groups or crowds, it's it's honestly physically draining for me or mentally draining for me to the point where after a certain amount of time, I have to come home. I, I have to recharge. So, you know, is this person an introvert? Is the, are they an extrovert? I think it really comes down to, and you know, it could also be, like I said, you know, maybe this person works five, six days a week. And this one time he plays or the time he is on, he spends as much time as he can. Cause he's on that grind. He wants that special weapon. He wants, you know, whatever the case may be. And that's his hobby. Everybody has hobbies. But, again, I don't think we can actually call it a disorder until it becomes exactly that, a disorder, where it's, you know, causing issues in someone's normal behavior in life. You know, if, say, for instance, if my son's playing a game and I go and I jokingly turn it off and he becomes, you know, angry and violent, you know, there might be a problem there. If I go and turn it off and he kind of just looks at me with this look of disdain and like, oh, why did you, like, how could you? But he doesn't really physically act out. He just kind of looks at me, gives me an annoyed look, and then goes back to his game. You know, not so much a problem, just so much a, you know, maybe I, I'm, maybe I need to try to get him out of the house a little more. But, and, and that too, is I, I wanted to add on to that was, where are the parents? You know, we've had this issue with different things, whether it be games or music or anything else for that matter. But, you know, where are the parents at that these kids are being allowed or these people in general are being allowed to spend that, that much time on a game without, you know, getting healthy social interactions or, and it doesn't have to be going outside. It could be as simple as, you know, eating dinner with the family. But they need to be able to leave that screen for a while without feeling like their world is ending or, you know, be willing to turn off the TV, turn off the, the system enough to get some, you know, a good night's sleep or, you know, take a deep, a long, good shower to make sure your body is healthy. Okay. So we're, we're going back to, uh, now that we, we've diagnosed or pretty much discussed gaming disorder, pretty much a solution for that would be, have the parents come back in and start actually being a parent and actually telling these kids, hey, no, you need to move away, turn the game off, you know, inter interact with somebody, you know, go talk to your, your, your siblings or your cousins or something like that. Go outside and play like how we used to back in the day or just basically just sit down and have, have you know, dinner with the family and actually just conversate with one another. Pretty much at this point, we're we're saying uh, a solution would be parents come back in and actually be a parent and actually t 
tell these kids, no, you're, if you're, you're grounded from the game or no, you can't play. Yeah, exactly. It really goes down to that with anything, whether it be, like I said, movies, games, music, whatever the case may be. You know, know what your kid is doing. Know what they're up to. Like, right, like as of, you know, throughout the day, you can ask me, hey, you know, what's your son doing? I can pretty much tell you exactly what he's doing at any given point of the day. Even if my attention might be divided between a couple of things, my attention for him is paramount as far as I need, I want to know where he's at, what he's doing, what he's watching. Um, unfortunately, he has gotten a little into my video games now. And I say unfortunately only because now I can't play him. <laughs> but, um, you know, he he takes care of his game. He, You know, it's a, it's a Nintendo Switch. He plays Paw Patrols. And, you know, he knows when to charge it. And when, he charges, and when he's charging it, he leaves it to charge. He's not one of those kids that has to play the game the whole time where he's on the charger, plugged into the wall, still playing it. You know, he can detach himself from the device long enough to let it charge completely while he goes off and plays and does whatever he wants to do. And, you know, most of the time, you know, most of the time, unless he gets absolutely completely bored with whatever else is going on in the house, he'll leave the system by itself for a good three, four, five, six hours without even so much as remembering that it exists. So, you know, throughout the day, like I said, you can ask me, hey, you know, what's your son doing? And I, I can tell you, he's, you know, he's watching this or, you know, he's playing with this or, you know, he's upstairs taking a bath or, you know, whatever the case may be. And parents need to do that. They need to know not so much as that you don't want to become a helicopter parent and overly protective of them, but you want to know and have an idea of what they're doing and what their day-to-day is. And as far as what you said earlier, you know, like how you said, you know, get out and play like we did. Um, that's exactly what they need. You know, they need to go out and make physical friends. I and mean, online friends are great. They're cool. You know, they can still be there for you like a regular friend. But, you know, how many times did, you know, we go out and decide, hey, we're going for a walk and we're going to go do this and this. And, you know, we made memories. You know, there was no systems. There's no phones in our hands to record it all. We we remember it, versus, oh, you know, looking at it through a camera, and kind of like, oh, why? Like, what were we doing, or how? You know, what was going on? We actually remember the before, the middle, and the after. We could tell stories, and I mean that that was, honest to God, one of the best parts of my childhood or teenage years that I enjoyed was, you know, going out, I mean, and we would have gaming sessions. I mean, I, I know y'all, I know y'all remember those. Of course. <laughs> and, you know, we, we would sit, we would sit down at like towards the middle of the day, start the session. You know, we've got like three TVs going, like Xbox, a GameCube, a PlayStation, whatever, you know, whatever consoles we could throw together. And we would be there until the sun went down. And next thing you know, the sun's rising again and we don't know what happened. But we still socialized with each other. We still had fun. We still made memories. And, of course, we weren't neglecting anything else as far as our responsibilities because, you know, once the day ended, we still had to go as tired as we were. <laughs> we still had to go and carry out our, you know, our daily chores or whatever the case may be for either one of us. Yes, I, I remember those days. Those were... 
were uh, hectic days uh, when uh, we were getting up and having to do our chores, but we still did them. Um, but uh, I do agree with you on on that. I mean, because they're, they're, you, you can't put a, a set hour or hours on what is considered uh, appropriate gaming or because, like you said, you got four days off and you... You and you're a streamer, so you're you're trying to put as much time in as you can, while still trying to take care of your other responsibilities. So at that point, would that be considered gaming disorder for you? No, it's not because you're that that is what you do. And so, uh, that was what Parliament was pretty much just trying to get with, uh with Epic and uh, EA Sports was just trying to put a, uh, like a number to what is considered normal uh, hours of play. So what they failed to do was read the rest of the definition for the gaming disorder, which is basically how it's diagnosed. And from there, like I said, I'm going back to their website. This is coming straight off of theirs. It says for gaming gaming disorder to be diagnosed, the behavior pattern must be of significant severity to result in significant impairment in personal, family, social, educational, occupational, or other important areas of function functioning and would normally have been evident for at least 12 months. From what I'm, because uh, I know what, what when I saw their their hearing. They have brought up just incident, like certain, like certain little incidences, like where this nine-year-old girl was so wrapped up in the match, she didn't want to leave the match to go pee, so she ended up peeing her pants. That was an incident. Did that happen all the time? They couldn't say because it was just one incident. So, unless it's happened for twelve months, and there's evidence of it. Technically, it's not gaming disorder. That is the actual World Health Organization saying that's the only way he can be diagnosed with it. So what's your opinion on it? Well, the key word in their definition is would normally. I mean, so there is a room, wiggle room, that there could be some serious case where it doesn't have to be exactly at least 12 months. Okay. What about you, Incognito? Um, I'm not a fan of their wording. No. <laughs> um, and not because oh, Incognito, he doesn't understand it. No, it's nothing like that. It's um, <laughs> twelve months. Let's break that down. That's in the lamest of terms. That's a year. Yeah. Within a year, you're being diagnosed. You know, they're saying, hey, you know, it's been a year, and in this year, you've done this, this, and this. And while, yes, that's fine as a definition for why they can be diagnosed, why can't that be sooner? Why are we waiting a year to determine whether someone's suffering from a gaming disorder? Or, I mean, and I don't even think it, I'm honestly, I might get flagged for this, but I don't think it's a disorder. I think it's an addiction. I think it's an issue of, you know, being unable to prioritize this virtual graphic uh, 
game and then you know lowering it on priority and putting your real life priority above it you know if you teach a kid it's okay to play 20 30 40 hours straight that becomes their norm and that in their definition you know you know outside of the norm well to them this isn't outside of the norm you know 20 30 gaming session 20, 20 30 hour gaming session is a norm a norm for them at that point then how can i be a diagnosis um i know that sounds silly and easily argued but i feel like when it comes down to it it's not necessarily a disorder it's just something that you it's a habit that you've allowed to develop it's an addiction that you've allowed to develop if you know I give Commander Taco a cigarette today, and he smokes one cigarette. Is he addicted? No. Now, if Commander Taco decides after that one cigarette he wants to try a couple more, and then throughout the year, you know, he's gone up to smoking a whole pack of cigarettes, then, yeah, he's addicted. He's not, it's not a disorder. It's an addiction. He's formed an addiction. He's formed a behavior. Um, that being said, I feel like... Again, as parents or as even friends, you know, if I see, you know, Drake or Commander Taco, you know, online at four or five o'clock in the morning when I'm waking up to go to work and I'm, and this is every day. And then I get home from work and they're still up, up playing the, the video game, the same game. Then I might want to have a chat with my friends saying, hey, you know, you've been playing this quite a bit. Have you had any rest? Have you gotten anything to eat? Any, any kind of real nutrition? Now, and I'm, and I, by nutrition, I don't mean, you know, monsters and Nutri-Game bars. I mean the actual nutrition. And, you know, just as a society, I think we need to check in on those people versus just waiting a whole year to decide whether they have this or not. And uh, I agree. It, there, there needs to be a faster process and because you can clearly see this within six months i mean definitely within you could probably even see it within a within two months max so well well by definition a habit is something that's formed after three months of repeated um oh god i forgot the actual definition i had it up on my computer i closed it out um a, a habit is something that you can form within a matter of three months you do something enough for three months straight you're gonna form it's easily formed into a habit so, for instance, if you decide, hey, I'm going to go jogging every Tuesday for three months. After those three months, the first three months, yeah, they're going to be difficult, especially if you're like me, you're not a runner. Um, but after those three months, once you've gotten into that pattern, once you've gotten, it's become a habit, it's going to get to the point where every Wednesday I'm jogging. Every Wednesday I'm jogging. Every, you know, just it's going to become so ingrained into me that I'm, I have to jog on Wednesday in in some cases, some habits are destructive. Like I said, like smoking, um, gaming, gambling, anything like that. Anything that you be any kind of habit you can form within three months can destroy you within four, if you really think about it. Yeah, and and I do agree with that. And uh, I know Commander Taco has uh, has seen some. Uh, Things uh, I, I want to say some videos from like the internet cafes in um, in the the Asian communities where 
because I know he's showing he's showing me where they would literally be in this little cubicle, and they basically move in, and they will be playing games on the computer on, in the chair, and they will literally fall asleep while they're playing. I mean, it's it's gotten that bad. Am, am I correct, uh, Commander Taco? That is correct, and uh, according to a YouTuber, uh, Rich from ViewTech, he did cover one video where he said it was the worst case he ever saw. I don't think I've seen any case worse either where I think it was a 14-year-old kid who was playing uh, StarCraft or something, and he would go in an internet cafe, sit down, play for 12 hours a day, or longer actually, and he wouldn't get up to eat use the bathroom or anything and his mother would literally go and hand feed him and he wouldn't even bother to look in her direction to take the food in more easily she'd have to stuff it down and he'd barely chew it and he'd just quickly swallow it and continue on gaming that right there is what you would call game addiction because He's not even bothering to look or even acknowledge her while technically trying to eat. And he basically just doesn't even consider that as something he needs. I mean, that would be truly a gaming addiction or World Health, World Health Organization's definition. Gaming disorder. But... Uh, but you, you did show me, uh, I, I know it was on YouTube, it was one video, I, I can't remember who, who it was, uh, where they're, they're living in the internet cafe, where they have their clothes in the background, or in that cubicle, and they're literally living in that internet cafe. And that was what I found kind of disturbing. I was like, these people are living here. Just because they want to be near the game as much as possible. And I, I know, what was it, one guy had been living in it for like, I think two years or something like that, if I remember correctly. And that that's pretty bad. That, that's pretty bad. That I, I can see as obsessive. And that, that needs to be taken, you know, be handled like immediately. Yeah, that, that's pretty. That's pretty crazy. That's a. That's absurd. Um, out. The people that run the cafe would allow something of that nature. It, it's a common like, 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 where does their where does their responsibility step? I think with internet cafes, it's like, uh, you pay so much and you get like a six or twelve hour stay and then you know i mean you see in like some movies where someone's trying to hide out you know they're in a foreign country they rather than go to a hotel they go to the internet cafe pay and then they hide out in that cafe for the few hours and then they take off okay and i understand that it's just again i go back to the idea that these people are living These people are living there in the sense that 
I mean, they're not going home. They're staying there. Why? I mean, even hotels, they have, you know, room services where they have to go and clean the room and make sure it's in order and things of that nature. So why don't they have people going to these different areas to ensure the people that are there are okay? I mean, not to say that a hotel cleaner wants to walk into a room with the, you know, to find someone who's been staring at a screen, hasn't bathed, and, you know, so on and so forth. But in a sense, you know, if that's your property, the way I understand it is you're responsible for the people on your property, whether they paid to be there for six hours, 12 hours, or the case may be. I mean, and even if it's completely automated, you know, why isn't there someone tending that building or whatever, you know, the case may be? And that is a good question. Um, fortunately, I know I can't answer that. I mean, the only thing I can say to that would be that they pay so much and it's a common a common thing to happen in in these countries that they just don't you know they, they don't see it as out of the out of the ordinary like we do cuz that's something that isn't normal to us cuz we're used to we don't have really a internet cafe to where these people can literally live in it so I think it's just different, a different culture, pretty much, compared to what we're used to. But, but, wouldn't you uh, agree, Commander Taco? I would. I can't answer that the question either about why they wouldn't check in on the the Internet Cafe residents, to quote unquote. I mean, it's a different culture. They have different standards. I, I'm speechless at how the things can go so far. So, um, like I said, I'm I'm the same way. I mean, I can't think of why somebody would not check in with them, and at this point. So, unfortunately, to to answer your question, uh, to answer your your question, Incognito. Unfortunately, we, we don't know. And see, now I'm going to go ahead and add on to that to say, you know, Taco, you were talking about, you know, this guy's mom came to feed him and, you know, try to make sure he at least, I guess, survived, if, if you can call it that. Why not? Why didn't the parent, you know, let's be honest, had that been your mom, my mom, your dad, my dad, they would drag drug us out there by our feet, ears, or whatever else they could get a hold of. You know, why is this parent who's, you know, you're obligated as a parent to take care of your your sub your uh, offspring. Why are you not trying to see to their health and safety? That is one question I don't know either. Uh, even uh, Rich uh, from Review Tech agreed when covering the video was. If that was his child, I'd take him out screaming, uh, kicking and screaming. Those are his words exactly. And I would have 100% agree. Had it been any of our parents, they would have slapped us and dragged us out of there, whether we'd be kicking, crying, whatever. They'd say enough is enough. Uh, you sat in front of that screen long enough, you got to get out and do something else. 
that would have taken it away and probably ran it over with a car. <laughs> I love those videos. You know it's true. Yeah, and you're right. Um, you know, there was times, especially growing up, that you know we get kicked out of the house, and not in the sense that like, oh, you can't live here no more, but more so in the sense of, hey, you know what? You've been inside long enough. It's a good day out today. Go ride a bike. Go, you know, go be a kid. And you know, unfortunately, I do have. I would say that you know, the changes in society have a lot to do with that not being a thing anymore because you know it used to be you know you knew your neighbors your neighbors knew who you were even if you personally didn't know them your parents knew them and everybody like i try to explain this to somebody for a different circumstance that i don't want to go into but you know it's it gets to the point where like whenever we would leave the house there was somebody watching you whether your parents are at work or not somebody knew where you were and what you're doing and if you did something dumb or that you weren't supposed to do, before you knew it, your parents knew exactly what you had done. You know, you're getting phone calls, hey, what are you doing going to this place or doing this and this? And you're just standing there shocked at it. Like, how did they know? And it's because the neighbors knew who you were. They kept an eye on you. And nowadays, you know, I, I don't even know the people living next to me. And that is uh, the society that we live in now- nowadays. And it's kind of sad that we don't know who our neighbors are anymore. And that is something that we that needs to be brought back into to uh, this society is knowing our neighbors. Uh, so that way there's more interaction and kids aren't just stuck inside anymore playing video games, watching TV or anything like that to where now they have a, dis, a disorder. Unfortunately, that's what they're considering it. Even though I do agree with you, it is an addiction. But uh, pretty much, we we all agree that, uh, from from what what I can see, is that parents need to step up and actually start taking care of their children and actually start putting in safeguards. Tell you know, being actual parents, telling them no, you can't play this, you know, you you can't do this or no, you don't have my permission to create this account and actually set time limits for them to play at. Saying that, hey, you've played long enough, you need to go do something else, you know, enough is enough, is what I'm seeing from. I don't know how you guys feel. Is that what you're pretty much also saying too? I agree 100% with that. I mean... It's sad to say a lot of the this generation's parents are become are young adults who aren't ready yet to be parenting and thus to try and get the kids out of the their way. Maybe they just give them a tablet and be like and say, you know, go on your way, do whatever you want. And now that kid is being raised by a tablet rather than actually by a concerned parent who should be watching over them. Thus you get these kids who don't really know how to socialize they spend more time on their electronics and we're just becoming a bit more separated as a society which leads to all these problems of getting a, easily addicted to games or whatnot okay 
uh, Incognito, any thoughts? Um, I mean, y'all, y'all pretty much said exactly how I feel. It's just, you know, it's and it's not all parents, so we we can't lump every we can't lump a generation into one giant group because you know that's something I've always been against, anyways. You know, there's always this thing going on in the world. This generation is this. This generation, is that. I, and it's not like that because it means it may seem that way for a lot of, in a lot of cases, or in in most instances. But I feel like it's not necessarily always like that because every gener- every generation had its uh its drawbacks. Every generation had its you know where it fell short. You know we we are you know kind of looped in with the generation of technology i mean look we're doing podcasts um you know <laughs> my parents I, I used to laugh at my mom i mean i still make fun of her for her now when we first got a, a computer in the household you know my parents would try to use it they'd use it for its basic functions you know do little this and that but they didn't know how the computer itself ran and you know me being the youngster I was, I didn't know sooner how it ran, but I knew how to use it and do certain things on it that, you know, that maybe my mom couldn't do. So it was always amusing to me when, you know, when I did mess up in school or something, I'd get punished. And that was one, that was one of the things they wanted to take away from, you know, hey, you know, you don't get to, you can't be on the computer for like two weeks or two months or whatever the case may be. And I would always kind of snicker because within a matter of two days, you know, I can already hear my mom calling me, hey, you need, can you come and fix this? Can you show me how to fix this? <laughs> so I always tease her about that. Like, you could never even punish me for the computer because you needed me to do it. <laughs> but in a sense, you know, society and generations, it, as generations go on and on, there's going to be a lot of differences. There's going to be a lot of different changes. There's going to be a lot of, um, you know, high points and shortcomings. And I think we just need to focus on what's important and that is making sure the ones that follow us are getting taught the right way to do the important things like not sit in front of a screen for 20 30 hours like it that it's it's not okay to become a social hermit so to speak and not you know see another human being for days on end you know we then you know that I hate to attack that mother again that was doing that for her son where you know she was going and feeding him but when you do something like that you're enabling the child you're enabling the person if you know like i said earlier if you know drake is sitting here grinding all these hours into games and i don't step in to stop him or if i or even worse if i you know join in a few games with him and praise him on how far he's come all that's doing is enabling him you know the mom was all she was doing was enabling him. And when she didn't voice a complaint or physically remove him from the situation, she was essentially telling him, it's okay if you do this. And, I mean, that's not okay. You're, you're damaging your child. Which is true. Because uh, you are... Now she's enabling him to continue this behavior and keep... And there's no consequences uh, for, for it. Because she's going to be there to support it basically uh, but uh but I do agree with that with that statement 
and uh, pretty much that that was most of the arguments that uh, Parliament had with Epic and uh, EA Sports. Pretty much was, you know, what's going on with uh, you know safeguards, you know, with the microtransactions, uh, how they pretty much would uh, have any, you know, try to fix their like if a child pretty much made a purchase how could they verify you know age requirements and uh, pretty much uh, epic has some room uh, that they need to grow in in order in order for that to, to happen uh, EA Sports is pretty much uh, already there they just need to keep improving on what they're doing and pretty much we, we discussed the uh, age uh, you know what what parliament wanted was basically how do you verify age requirement and what do you collect that data and basically we pretty much touched the basis that you can collect it but pretty much it could be falsified so you're gonna have numbers that aren't correct and that basically ties into the micro transactions to where if you pretty much have that age requirement you and you verify the account with that age pretty much how do how do you separate that you know how do you get your refund back if somebody else makes that a purchase on your account and it wasn't you how do you argue that one so we touched that and then basically we touched the uh, you know is the loot boxes or surprise mechanics gambling and basically we, we argued both sides and it's up to the person pretty much and it's up to them whether they want to decide if it's gambling or it's not gambling if it's ethical or it's not ethical I mean it's up to them because you, you have your, your pros and cons for each one Especially when it comes to mobile, and and that is a big difference. So basically, that, that one's still up in the air, and you can argue either side. And now we just came and finished up the gaming disorder, and pretty much touched the basis that parents need to come back and actually be parents and actually do their job and actually set time limits, set you know. Tell them you need to go outside and play and pick up a stick or something. Or, you know, put the screen down and sit down and have dinner with the family and just conversate with us. I mean, that's pretty much what we are just, are saying because there's been cases usually in, from what from what I've seen in the, and I, correct me if I'm not, if, if I'm wrong, uh, but usually in the Asian uh, countries were this is more frequent. A am I correct? That is correct. And so pretty much at this point, it needs to be from what incognito was saying, the younger generation needs to be uh, willing to step up and actually be a parent and actually tell these children, no, you don't need, you need to actually do other stuff than just, be in front of that screen playing for so many hours. So basically this is going to end. This is going to be the end of our podcast for this week. Uh, 
Next week, we're actually going to be touching one of the first animes that uh, for this for this podcast, and it, it unfortunately it was cut short, and right before the best arc in the manga, uh, before it actually got tra- uh, made into an anime, uh, into an anime, and I actually did enjoy it, and it had been running for. Um, I think what fifteen years, if I remember correctly, uh, Commander Taco. I think so. About two thousand, I think, is when it started. And then I, I believe it finished in what twenty fifteen, twenty sixteen, somewhere around there. Twenty twelve. I'm not quite sure. I, I believe so. Uh, so it might have been twelve years, and it's not Naruto. Uh, if, if you're wondering, it's not Naruto. It's uh, the other popular one that came out with uh, in Shonen Jump. So uh, we're not going to tell you what it is. Uh, just going to kind of leave you with a uh, suspense trying to figure out what it is. So uh, this is the end of uh, we. This is the end of our podcast. We hope to see you next week. Uh, y'all take care. See y'all later. Commander Taco, remember to get your devil food in. Hey y'all, have a great one. Stay blessed. Take care. <laughs>